Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, I ask you to please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel, where you can access all our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in the faith journey. Enjoy. We're glad you're here today. If you're maybe here for the first time, welcome. Um, our live stream, if you're here with us this morning, welcome. We're in the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, not man. Right? Sadly, sadly, along with so many other important subjects, these things are overlooked in the modern day church, modern day pulpits, first grade church, first grade ministry. The Hebrew writer even lamented, oh, I want to tell you so much about this, but you're so hard of learning. And then we have other popular people saying, hey, unhitch from all that. How do you understand the book of Hebrews if you've unhitched from the teaching of the Ten of Meaning? Explain that to me, please. You're going to see why those kind of statements are being made to thousands and thousands of people. You're going to see why that is. This is not a reflection on any preacher. It's a reflection on what is being preached. If neglected, we can't understand perhaps the most important letter revealed in the Bible about how to live in the presence of God, the letter to the Hebrews. Holiness is realized. Reverence for God is there. Wisdom. You can't understand the book of Revelation without understanding the tent of meeting. Answers to prayer. How? How? You'll get it through this. God's heart, all these subject matters. This, listen, I, I, I wasn't really ever really good. Devin was really good at, at putting together models, model airplanes. And so any model uh, car people, you were, you were good at it. And you st- you, raise, anybody wave at me, wave at me. Nobody ever built a model in their, in, their, in their whole life. In their whole life. Devin did. In their whole life in the church, nobody here has ever put a model together. Never. How about puzzles? Puzzle. How about, have you ever drank Kool-Aid? I don't, I don't know. Have you ever watched television? I'm not sure. All right. If there was one model that we could ever put in front of our kids to teach, just as we put a manger out at Christmas, and oh, the meaning of the manger, right? Oh, the meaning of the, te- oh, the, meaning of the tent of meeting. What a model that I believe God would say, teach these things. I think I read it somewhere. Teach these things to your children for generation after generation after generation after generation. Don't deviate. Make it exactly like the pattern. All right, next slide. This is the tent of meeting. Okay, so this is from a... I flew up my helicopter, took a shot of it. Uh, So... Okay, there's compartments. I don't have my red thing, man. Okay, all of this is within that tent. The tribes were around it. It was to say, wherever God's presence is on earth, camp near it. But only the tribe of Judah, or Levi, could go in. Only the tribe of Levi could go in. Why the Pharisees had a hard time with Jesus? Because he wasn't from the tribe of Levi. He was from the tribe of Judah. But David was too. And David was anointed king and priest and prophet by God, and David could go in. And then the new 
priesthood was coming through David's line. He would have a son king priest. So the tribe of Judah could win. But that's why they had a hard time with it at first. And then when Jesus said, destroy this temple and I'll raise it in three days. and So the, the color over here represents, let's, let's just spiritualize it, the meaning of it. Entering into the outer court is only through the, the curtain, which the Bible will tell us the curtain was the body of Jesus. The curtain was the body of Jesus. And the only way into the tent of meeting with God, only way, is through, I think I read that, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And how many men come to the Father outside of that? None. No man. Sorry. No man. So you come in, and this next thing is called the altar of burnt offerings. Now, in my life at different times, I've come to the altar. I've come to the altar. We, 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 it's good to do this. We tell people to do this. Hey, if you have a burden, come to the altar. Lay your burden at the feet of the Lord and trust God or bring your sins to the altar. Or uh, if you have a financial need, bring it to the altar, whatever. That's all good stuff. We're going to continue to do that. But let me tell you what. That altar, you, you, I have been guilty at times of coming to an altar asking God to help me. This altar right here is not a help me altar. This is a I surrender all altar. It's called the whole burnt offering altar. You would bring your animal to the priest. You couldn't even offer this. The priest did, but now we, we, we do. We all can in Christ. Notice the Holy of Holies. You can't jump past the whole burnt offering altar to get to the Holy of Holies. Romans 12. Oh, this is Old Testament. Romans 12, isn't In view of the mercy of God. Basketball. In view of the mercy of God, Jesus. Next step. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, holy unto God, which is your reasonable worship. In other words, God doesn't even recognize worship until it's the whole me. The whole burnt offering altar, nothing comes back for you or me. This is called outer courtyard. You can be a Christian going in through Christ and you're in the outer court. I mean, I could be outer court and just hang out there. You, you and I, the Bible says, come, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's 12.1. 12.2 is, do not be conformed to the pattern of the world. Don't be conformed. Don't be conformed to that. Pitch your tent close, but you pitch your tent close, but if you're not in the outer court, close doesn't count. The Holy Spirit is indicating a way for us to get into the family, but into the family is not the same as into the heart. How am I doing? Am I doing all right? All right. We got three more minutes. I'm just kidding. 
I'm just going to do it this way. The laver washed the priest, just like the Bible says, the washing of water of the word. When Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, got down, washed the disciples' feet, and Simon said, you'll never wash my feet. He said, those who have been bathed only need to wash their feet. So you're bathed, you're bathed here, offer there your whole body, the labor is the washing of the word, being transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what the will of God is. Sadly, if you're an outer quarter and you avoid the whole burnt offering, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, you guys are acting like you don't even have the spirit. You're acting like people of the world. They're in, but they're in the outer court avoiding the whole burnt offering. Anybody tracking with me? Wonder if this would be a great model to teach your kids. Just wonder. Isn't it, isn't it brilliant? God's brilliant, isn't he? What if we just did things God's way? Just wonder. Right? Washing a water of the word. There's an, see see the, another, the, the other curtain? This is called the holy place and then the holy of holies. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's move to the next slide. For there was a tabernacle prepared, the outer one, which we looked at, and, 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 and then, and then the, tent, the, the curtain, in which were the lampstand and the table and the sacred bread. This is called the holy place. Then behind the second veil, and maybe after I read this, we can, we can bebop back to that, okay? Uh, at the second veil, there was a tabernacle, which is called the Holy of Holies. What's in it? A golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant, covered with gold, in which was a golden jar. Here's what was in the Ark of the Covenant. The, you know, the one that Indiana Jones found. The, the Ark of the Covenant. The guy opened it up. Remember that weird part? We, we didn't let our kids watch that for a while. but Anyway. Aaron's rod which budded, the tables of the covenant, and above it, everybody say above it, were the cherubim, that's a, that's, a, that's a rank of angel, of glory, overshadowing the heliestrion is the Greek, it means mercy seat, the atonement cover. But we can't speak more in detail of this. I guess the, actually the book of Hebrews is a sermon, a written sermon, I don't know if you knew that. So he's probably like saying, hey, they were, they're ready to eat, so we can't talk about this any further. Can we jump back one slide, guys? Who's ever up there, get a raise? All right, Leo, okay, so look. Here's your outer court. Again, this is different because only the priests, but there are Christians in the outer court who have avoided the bronze altar. Uh, or, and, but let's say you, you are like all about it. Offer your bodies. I mean, every altar call, you're at the altar, even if you don't need to be at the altar. Because why? Altars are important to you, like your father Abraham, who built altars. Hmm? Aren't we just walking in the footsteps of the faith of our father Abraham? Altar building, all right? So you're building the altar, you're in the word, you want to be transformed, and if you're in the word on the altar, you will know, you will feel the Holy Spirit saying. And if not, 
I didn't get nothing out of that. You know what I'm saying? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? You come through this curtain, another curtain. The curtain's always speaking about the body of Jesus. It's the body battered, bludgeoned, bruised, given mercifully, majestically that God is saying, make it exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm taking you to a hill someday where all that, when I tear that final curtain, I tear it from top to bottom. Everyone can come in. Come on. All right, so the holy place. Holy place had this in it. Okay, uh, next slide, I think. No, next slide. I don't know what you got. Where's the lampstand slide? Graphic of the lampstand? There we go. This is one of the pieces in the holy place. Everybody say holy place. Holiest place. Holy place. Holy of holies. In the holy place. Now we're, we're not in the outer court anymore. We're in the holy place there is, it's covered, there is no natural light in there. God commanded the priests to make a special kind of oil. Not any kind of oil would work. God actually would take the life of a, of a priest if he mixed regular oil in the holy lamp of God. In the Old Testament. Aren't you glad you're New Testament? <laughs> so glad. Some like to go back to the old. Filled that with oil, and there are seven, seven arms of the lampstand. It's the menorah. The only light in the holy place comes from the lampstand. The lampstand represents the person of the Holy Spirit. You know in the book of Revelation, when Jesus is seen by John, he is standing in the center of the lampstands. The Holy Spirit and Jesus are never disconnected. The Holy Spirit and Jesus are one in purpose, one in heart, one in covenant. God is saying, you wanna, you wanna find the will of God, you wanna hear the voice of God, you wanna know the ways of God, you wanna know the heart of God, natural light, natural church, natural worldliness in the church or the world itself will never lead you to the heart and the mind and the will of Jesus. But there is one light that will. And if you don't have this light burning in the church, but if you do, This light, and the Lord said, never let it go out. He commanded the priests, have it burning morning, noon, and night, continually, and teach this for generations after generations. The priest's job, the priest's job, and now you know what? We're all priests, so the priest's, with the S at the end, job, is to covenant with God that the lampstand of your, of your house, your heart, and your church never goes out. Because there is no natural light but the lampstand light 
to shine on the other two pieces in the holy place. The second one is this next one. Guys, you're doing great. Next one is the table of, the King James calls it the shoe bread or the show bread. The table of showbread. You know what? The Greek, or I'm sorry, the Hebrew word is lahaim hapanim, not panera bread. Lahaim, lahaim hapanim. It means bread of the face. Bread of the face. You know in the Bible where God says to seek my face? Seek my, have you ever wondered what seek my face meant? Have you ever wondered what God's face looked like? And if, you, if you've been raised up in guilt trip Christianity or manipulative guilt to get you to do, you can think that God's face is a scornful face. The only true way to know the face of God is by the only true light that shines on the face of God. The Holy Spirit was shone on the face of God and what the priest had to do, 12 loaves, 12 for every tribe, when Jesus fed the multitudes and the disciples were sent out to feed them, how many basketfuls did they have when they came back? Just checking. Just checking. Where was Jesus born? Beth Lahayim, house of bread. Make everything according, teach these things to your children. Oh, what would happen? Along with the manger. Daddy, what is that? Well, let me tell you what that is. It's the way to the heart of God, buddy. What do you mean? Come with me. Why were there 12? And, the, and God said every day, fresh every day. Not yet. You, you, God would get really upset if the priest put yesterday's bread on the table. I really appreciate, Tim, what you said. I have no boasting, just a commitment. My commitment to you has always been one thing, to live in that place and bring that bread from that light to you and challenge you and me if we're going to be in the outer court and we're going to go to the altar Please know, the only kind of altar that will alter the course of your life is the whole burnt offering altar. How many are still tracking with me? Tracking with me? Okay. Fresh bread. Again, it's, it, it's called the bread of the presence, one translation. The show bread, meaning God's going to show his face. God's going to show his face out of the book if the lampstand is leading you into the book. Outer court Bible studies with a heart that's not at the whole burnt offering altar, good luck. I will teach you next week that, remember the parable of the sower? Four kinds of hearts, three that heard the word, God did nothing in their life because their heart, only one kind of heart became fruitful. Is that right? Who said that? Jesus said that. Why do you teach in parables? Because there's a careless group that cares less. And the, listen, sadly, people will change like when you get the right information to change, but most don't. Others will change when they're hungry enough. They want to change. 
Some, most only change when they hurt so much they have to. But we have a Jesus that can even work it out to get us to that place. Faithful being the wounds of his friendship. Where instead of being the prodigal that says, give me, we say, God, make me. Blessed are those who what and thirst? Hunger and thirst. They shall be satisfied. The lampstand shines on the face of God, the presence of God, and out of that time in the presence of God, the next, the next one is the altar of incense. This altar of incense, Hebrews has, it in, Hebrews has it in the Holy of Holies. I don't know why, but actually in Exodus, it's in the holy place. It's pre-final curtain. It's, it's, the, it's in front of the curtain that God tore the altar of incense. The altar of incense, listen, again, we can pray, pray, pray. Hey, will you pray for me? Will you pray for my Uncle Joe? We pray. Wonderful. Wonderful. Pray, pray, pray. Pray like a maniac. Pray. But prayers that get through guaranteed are in the vine. How many of you are with me? Jesus said, if you abide in me, Oh, and by the way, he calls himself the bread of life. And remember in John 6, after he fed everybody the bread bread? And he said, oh, by the way, if you, you in order for you to really have lahayim, life, you have to eat me. Well, what do you mean eat you? I am the bread of life. That's a hard saying. That's too difficult. And most of the disciples left revival after that. They went back to the outer court, or maybe Egypt, or maybe Rome. As Paul lamented about his ministry team fellow, Demas has forsaken me, having fallen back in love with this present world. Only Luke is with me now. What's interesting about Luke is... Luke takes us to the altar of incense in Luke chapter one. I've preached on this. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand if you remember. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend you did. I know you might have. When Gabriel appears to Zechariah, the daddy of John the Baptist, who once in a lifetime gets to do this, he appears to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And you know what he says? It'll tell you what this was for. He says, Zechariah, I'm here to tell you good news. Your prayer has been heard. And your wife is going to have a son. But if you read the Greek, Gabriel says, the prayer you used to pray, meaning you don't anymore, God heard it. You don't think so. You're old now. You're past the God's going to answer prayer age group. And I'm Gabriel. Zechariah says, imagine. And I, we pick on these people. We do the same thing. Gabriel says this, and he says, uh, how can I be sure? And Gabriel says, 
No, that's, what I, that's how I would have done it. Gabriel didn't do that. Gabriel said, I stand in the face of God and I've been sent here. Meaning, he sent me to you to tell you this. The face of God. The word, he gave a word and the face and the presence. See how it's all connected together? Yeah. Those prayers right there go past the veil. Back then, there was a veil. God tore the veil. Now everybody can go through there. But everybody qualifying who went to the Holborn offering, having their body washed in the word of God, going into the holy place, saying, I want to be in the center of the blazing fires of the illumination of the Holy Spirit when I open the word of God. And I'm here to listen to you. And God speaks from the word and gives you a word in the word that will always line up with the word or it isn't God, but in the word, from the word, the face, a promise. The Spirit says, take that. And the better thing about the difference from the old there was a veil in front of that. Now the veil is gone. And the one who is above the mercy seat, and listen, you, the devil can say, your prayers don't get through, you broke the seventh commandment, eighth commandment. You broke the law. The law is under the table. We're not lawless. But the disqualification for breaking the law doesn't disqualify you or me from the Spirit who is taking me to the one who stood in the midst of the candlestick who is above the mercy seat, who said, I will meet you there. I will meet you there. An anchor of the soul, the Hebrew writer says, sure and steadfast. Why? Because the priest that's there is a resurrected son, a resurrected covenant kinsman, brother, Lord with me, who is touched with the feelings of my infirmities and is able to sympathize with me, to get my heart to come with courage and boldness and faith to the one. Do you notice there are two angels on both sides of the lid? And they are looking, God said make it exactly like this. They, the angels are looking into the center of the lid above the law. When Mary Magdalene goes into the tomb, she sees on the slab where Jesus' body had been, an angel on the right and the left. He's not here. Go and tell your brothers. Go and tell them. He will meet you in Galilee. He will meet you. He will meet you. He will meet you. Simon wonders if it can ever be the same. 
Simon goes back to fishing. Surely it can't be the same. And Jesus comes to him in Galilee and offers him breakfast. And a heart to heart. All the Lord ever wants is a heart to heart. Let's go to the 14th slide. I'm going to close. Not close, but. Here's the questions. Outer court or inner court Christian am I? Outer court, inner court church. Am I a natural light liver or a heavenly light liver? Holiness. Here's why, here's why people can deconstruct. I'm telling you, I'm sorry. I'm going to just say it as honest as I can with, with my heart. You will never be in the midst of the blazing Holy Spirit lampstand feeding on the Word of God and hear the Holy Spirit say, it's okay for you to still be gay. That's outer court talk. And that's preachers with outer court hearts. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. God changes people. And the reason why people aren't changing, there's a whole heck of a lot of people in the outer court avoiding the whole burn offering. I'm just saying. You know it's true. Listen, if you're really saved, if the Spirit's really in you, you know flat well that's true if it makes you madder than snakes at me right now. You know, you know, the Holy Spirit just kicked you right in the gut and said, you know that's true. Because he's the spirit of truth and he always bears witness with it and I just told you the truth you want your prayers answered James the brother of Jesus said you ask and you receive not because you ask for your own desires pastor appreciation day ay 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 you know what you know why I'm preaching this? Because I don't want your grandkid coming up the steps going, I got a revelation. I'm a lion. I love our shine kids. I love our move because they're about the move and shine kids, Tyler would rather die than not feed the kids the word of God. And, but you know what? You know what? Holy place... Children's Church, in the center of the lampstands. It's all right for a little kid to praise God in tongues. It's all right for a little kid to lay on their face worshiping God down there as well as up here. It's all right for our teenagers to have encounters with God where they go, I was one way going in, I'm another way going out, and the only thing that happened between there and there was I got in the midst of the lampstand and God showed me his face. Come on, somebody, you at church today. All right. I'm going to close with this. Last week, well, let me just add this. Little boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli, who was the high priest. He was a fat, backslidden high priest. Sorry, that's what it says. <laughs> and because of that, the word of the Lord was rare in those days and visions were infrequent. And it happened at that time as Eli was lying down in his place. Mind you, Eli knew his sons in ministry were stealing the offering. And he didn't, and sleeping with women at the, at the tent. And he did, and they did nothing, and he did nothing. So God called this little boy who didn't even know he was being called 
and his mother Hannah who had prayed like John the Baptist's mama and God answered her prayer. You know what she did? Hey, try this out, mom, if you're worried about your kid getting sold out to God. You know what she did? She took her son to that whole burnt offering in Shiloh and left him in the house of the Lord for God's will. So whatever he's asking you to do probably isn't anywhere near that. Some of us can't go to church four weeks in a row without getting nervous and think the tribulation means we go to church when it's snowing. Are you all right? It's Pastor Appreciation Day. Come on. You got to amen me. Um, you know what I'm telling you? You know why I'm telling you this? You know why I'm telling you this? Because I don't want you to get a call from your son who's been married to a woman for 10 years and says, you know what? I think I'm going to just, right? Not to condemn or convict or whatever. If, hey, we've all been, anyone besides me been places you wish you'd never been and stumbled in places you never wish you stumbled and you don't even, it's only the goodness of God, only the grace of God. I am on your side, I'm on your team. I'm trying to tell you what we, hey, or anybody hope that your kid repeats the same dumb things you did? Not me. So what I'm trying to say is, don't let the devil beat you up if you're coming out of Egypt. But at the same time, don't, don't let your Egypt be Christianized because you can't handle the guilt of the... Just come on, come on, man. Are you with me? And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Listen, the lamp of God was going to go out in the tent of the people of God. And Jesus told seven churches if they didn't listen, he'd take their lamp away. Not their salvation. He'd take the illumination of the presence of the Spirit off the house. Come on now. And Samuel was, listen where Samuel slept. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. This little boy, probably seven, eight years old, slept right next to the Holy of Holies. Getting it, Tim, aren't you? Getting it? And you know what happens at the Holy of Holies? I'll meet you there. He wants to meet our kids before they even know who he is. Samuel. Try it without this way. Samuel. Huh? So he ran to the church preacher. He ran to the lampstand with no light. He ran to a priest that was sold back to the world and compromising the whole thing for the sake of his own fat self. How's that? <laughs> hey, it's mean unless the whole country's going to hell. Anybody noticed? It's time to retach. Samuel. Behold, God says, I'm about to do a new thing in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let not one of the words that Samuel spoke fall to the ground. You know why they didn't fall to the ground? They weren't his words. They were God's words. You get a word from God, it'll never fall to the ground. It might seem like he's way late in your life, but he's always right on time. Last week at the end of Dustin's message, I was standing right here. 
And I saw two pictures in my spirit of the, what the Holy Spirit was saying to our church. The first one was, hey, can you put that, I'm sorry, guys, can you put that lampstand picture back up, the one with the menorah? I was standing right over there, and I saw like that the menorah of our church, and three of the lights were out. I don't even know what that means. I don't know if it's like three things. I don't know. I'm speaking something. I'm way out over my skis, but I'm in the spirit right now. I think the meaning is, is that our holiness before God isn't complete. Our, our, willing, our collective willingness, collective, because there's people in here that would chase Jesus to, to the Amazon. But the collective lampstand, there are parts of it that need to be lit. So as Jesus says to the churches, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And then he showed me people's homes. Not nobody, I don't know where, not your homes, but I saw homes. And he said, this, this is your, this, these are people of your church. And the front yards were immaculate. People walked up and down both sides, love in the front yard. But in the back, Dustin... God showed me a bulldozer that had just ripped the whole backyard up. It had it concreted over, and he flipped it over and exposed all of the stuff under the concrete. And the Lord said, tell LOH Church and yourself, I've exposed it in the backyard so the people of the world can't see it in the front. Out of my mercy to you, because I'm calling you in out of the outer court into the holy place, and we will get your yard in order. I want you to stand, please. We're going to open the... Now, the only altar, the only altar that can alter a tore-up yard. You with me? You with me? The only altar that can alter a tore-up yard is the altar where you offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy, completely to God. And you're willing to let the Lord be the boss of your devotional life and mind. And you, and you are willing to stand in the center of the holy, holy lampstands and you approach this book saying, God, break up the fallow ground and make me like Samuel. I don't want to get old and fat in the spirit, compromised with the outer court and the world that's trying to press and redefine the outer court and the altar and the way of holiness, Jesus Christ is, uh, is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the first one that says to God in this room, Lord, 
torch my lampstand. Please, Jesus. And I know I have a high priest that's not condemning me. He's not scorning me. He is wooing me. He is wooing me. Seeing that we have a great high priest who is touched with the feeling of your infirmities, who stands on the side of the transgressor and says, Lord, the insults that insulted you, I'll take them on myself. I am the veil. I'm the curtain. I'm the body. I'm the lamb. I'm the offering that once and for all will make a person right in the presence of God and the spirit to come in and take you all the way where his heart becomes your heart. Father, I, in the name of Jesus, agree with the Spirit to move and take us to the holiest of all.